It's Friday, July 28th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians, the new look Guardians, uh, last night winners uh, in Chicago, 6-3 over the White Sox. Uh, Tanner Bybee, uh, another strong outing. Uh, he is uh, putting together quite a season for himself as a rookie. Uh, what uh, what did you like out of uh, Bybee last night, and, and what does this mean for him uh, moving forward for the rest of the season? Yeah, I really liked what Bybee did uh, last night, Joe. You know, he threw his fastball early, then he kind of went to some breaking pitches late. But, uh, again, once again, got into the seventh inning. This, you know, he, as a rookie, he is 5-0 uh, and with a 2.17 ERA in his last seven starts. You know, he's given them length. He's given them, uh, you know, the ability to uh, carry a lead late into the game. Uh, and uh, just looked, uh, you know, he bounced back. He gave up, uh, you know, consecutive home runs to Jake uh, Jake Berger, but that didn't, you know, dissuade him. He kept pitching, and uh, I thought he did a great job. He just looks really, really confident on the mound. He's, he seems like he's always been confident, but, you know, you can see it. It's it's growing right now. Yeah, and, and each one of these starts that, that you know, he, he goes out there and he, he pitches deeper and deeper into games and gets more consistent – that confidence has to grow. Uh, I mean, you're looking at a uh, a guy who, uh, you know, I, I don't think he was really as as heralded as some of the other uh, young pitchers in the rotation right now uh, coming up. But uh, you know, he sort of flew under the radar after they drafted him, and now uh, over the last two seasons, he's he's really sort of made a name for himself. Yeah, you know, his velocity has, has been a big thing with him. I think it picked up, you know, last year in the minors. He's thrown, you know, 95 to 97. Uh, he's, you know, using his breaking stuff really well. Uh, you know, he he retired. He opens the game with six straight outs, and Berger gets him. Then he comes back and, you know, shuts him down until Berger gets him again in the fifth. But, uh, you know, then he, you know, he kind of gathers himself and gets into the seventh inning. And and we've seen that time and time again. His last start, you know, against the Phillies, he threw he goes seven scoreless innings with eight strikeouts. So you know, he's those are two you know really quality starts that he's put together you know consecutively. Uh, it ranks third uh, among American League rookies with 91 strikeouts, uh, second in innings pitched, just short of 90. That's sort of the number that I want to keep an eye on, though. Uh, you know, if you start doing the math and, and crunching the numbers, uh, he's going to pitch more innings this year than I think he's ever pitched in a in a professional season. So, uh, you know, there's there's always the, the thought in the back of your mind that, uh, you know, maybe getting as deep as you can in uh, in terms of innings in, in every game is important. But you also have to watch how many of those are, are stressful innings. And, you know, uh, we saw Gavin Williams with those 30 pitch first innings and things like that. Uh, for the most part, Bybee's been able to avoid innings like that. Yeah, he is. I think he threw 97 pitches uh, last night. He says he's been more efficient. He's cut down on his walks. You know, he walked one guy against the Phillies. I think he walked two guys last night against Chicago. And he said, you know, that has allowed him to get deeper into the games. And, uh, you know, that's what uh, I think more so than the innings, Joe, I think that's what uh, Carl Willis and Terry Francona look at. It's the pitches and, and the stress he's under when he delivers them. Uh, as far as the the offense last night, uh, Stephen Kwan had a, a nice game, leadoff triple. Uh, he's he's hitting what 379 uh, in in 13 games at, at guaranteed rate field in his career. 
Uh, he's seventh right now in the American League with uh, 32 multi-hit games. Uh, and, and Josh Naylor had a nice game, too. Uh, you know, a couple of doubles, uh, leads the team uh, with 79 RBIs. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Kwan and uh, Jimenez, you know, Andres Jimenez, the, uh, you know, he, he looks like he's moved into that number two spot with Ahmed Rosario gone, uh, traded to the Dodgers. Uh, him and uh, Kwan really kind of, you know, jumped all over Dylan Cease early. You know, like you said, Joe, Kwan uh, opens with the double into the right field corner. I mean, the triple into the right field corner. You know, Jimenez uh, singles him home. He gives him the, you know, the quick lead. And then in the... Uh, the third inning, they start a three-run rally with uh, Quan and with a single and uh, uh, and a Quan um, with a single and then uh, Jimenez with the bunt single. So you know they they really kind of set those innings up. Um, and I don't know if Jimenez is going to be the uh, the you know the kind of the replacement in the number two hole, but he's done a nice job in the two in the two games that he has hit there. Well, it was interesting with Jimenez, uh, you know, going to the bunt in that one situation. Uh, and and just seeing that uh, it, the way he handles the bat, uh, does that give you uh, any indication? Like, you know, does does Tito like him in that number two spot? Is that something we're going to see more of? Uh, obviously, you know that was Rosario's spot for the better part of two and a half seasons. Uh, that's where Rosario felt comfortable and 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 got you know the the Guardians got a lot of production out of that. What the what are the qualities that you see in Jimenez that make him you know able to to sort of take over in that number two hole? Yeah, well, we didn't see Rosario bunt much, did we, Joe? In the no, two? not at all. <laughs> he was he was no, swinging but, from his but heels. Jimenez, but Jimenez does handle the bat pretty well. He's got good yeah. bat control, and, and that's what you're looking for in that spot. Yeah, you know, and it reminded me, you know, you know, before the game, uh, Francona was talking about, you know, this is at this time last year. This is where we started to turn it around when we were in Chicago, and uh, this is when you know our teams started to get a little personality. And and that's and that reminded me of uh, that bunt that Jimenez put down reminded me of that. It, it reminded me of you know in in the, when Jason Kipnis played uh, with Cleveland and and you know the, the the Guardians were trying to kick it in gear in in the second half of the season. You name the season, you would always see Kipnis put down a bunt at at a critical point of, of a game, and and then you kind of knew that okay. You know, it's time to get serious. We're going to start playing winning baseball. And that's what that bunt reminded me of. Well, yeah. And if it, if that signals to, uh, you know, the, the rest of the club as well, hey, uh, you know, let's kick it into gear. This is this is the time. Then, you know, that that's also a, a positive as well. And, and, you know, Jimenez is still young, but he's he's got the contract. He's going to emerge as a, a leader on this team. Uh, he, he doesn't do it with uh, a lot of, you know, brash you know vocal anything like that but uh you know if he's out there sacrificing himself and and doing the little things like that uh that's that's exactly the kind of thing that tito likes in a player and you can see why he's you know uh, just a natural fit yeah definitely and you know francona said that he doesn't know he doesn't want to make a commitment to one guy hitting in the number two spot i think he really liked rosario in there because he was a right-handed hitter you know, and and you've got Kwan, a lefty, and you've got uh, Ramirez hitting third as a switch hitter. Uh, so I think um, what they they wanted, you know, they're they're not sure about having a lefty in the number two spot because it kind of, you know, Francona said it, it exposes them to 
left-handed relievers late in the game, but he but he kind of like you know threw up his hands and just said we're going to just put our guys there and see what happens. So I think it sounds like Jimenez is going to get a shot there. I, I don't know if he's if he's going to be the number two hitter from now on, but I think we're going to see him there a lot. Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see how the the lineups are composed. You know, uh, moving forward for the uh, at least for the short term. Uh, and, and then, you know, we found that once Tito, you know, finds something that he thinks is working, then, you know, he, he settles on it and goes with it. So uh, we also saw um, Oscar Gonzalez come up last night and, and get in a game and get a hit. And, uh, you know, the the different sort of machinations and, and the workings of things uh, that, that Tito can now do with uh, a, an extra right handed bat coming off the bench and, uh, you know, uh, late in the game as well. Yeah, it was good to see Oscar. uh in the clubhouse, good to see him, you know, come off the bench and get that hit. It was a hustle hit, infield hit. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, he was asked, uh, Francona was asked how he was going to use Oscar. And he really kind of, we didn't get really a, a definitive answer. He just <laughs> said, we're going to mix and match. We're going to, we're not, I told all the position players before the game, you know, some guys are, you know, we're going to, things might change a little bit now. We're going to mix and match probably more than we, we have in the past. I'm not sure what that means, Joe. So we're just going to have to see how this unfolds. Uh, I tell you, there are a lot of people hoping that means that, that Miles Straw will be coming off the bench a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, that's 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 outside voices. And I know that, that Tito doesn't set his lineup according to those kinds of things. All right. The other, uh, you know, sort of big thing, uh, big takeaway from yesterday was uh, you, you got to be uh, in the presence of the, uh, the the god of thunder, uh, Thor was in the house for uh, for the Guardians. Uh, you got to watch uh, from the the press box as Thor uh, threw his bullpen. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, what are your impressions of him uh, as he joined the Guardians on Friday or on Thursday? Well, he's seen, you know he's going to start Monday, Joe, against Houston. Uh, you know he said uh, when he just when the trade went down, he was going to get on. He was headed toward the airport to get on a flight to throw his third rehab game for the Dodgers. So you know he turned around, caught a red eye, um, ended uh, caught a red eye to uh, Chicago and joined the team here. Um, he is uh, really introspective. Uh, you know he says. Uh, you know, really honest about him, his, his, you know, where he is in his career. Said he, he kind of was, you know, he, he was balancing uh, a lot of emotions. He was excited to come to Cleveland, but he was also disappointed because he did not pitch as well as he wanted to with uh, the Dodgers. And uh, he said uh, an interesting thing. The most interesting thing he said, I thought, um, was in the last couple of years when he's played for what he's played for the Dodgers, he's played for the Phillies, he's played for the Angels. Now he's playing for Cleveland. He said in the last couple of years he's had a lot of cooks in his kitchen telling him how to pitch. <laughs> and and I think he he said you know I right now I just want to go back to doing what I feel you know comfortable doing, what I feel you know it works for me. And I think the Guardians are all in on that. They've met with him, Francona and uh, pitching coach Carl Willis met with him for a long time uh, uh, yesterday. And they said, we're just going to back off, let you pitch. We're not going to say too much right away. And and eventually when we see something that we think we can help you with, we'll uh, jump in. Yeah, this might be a, a really good situation for Syndergaard with, uh, you know, a, an extremely veteran pitching coach like Carl Willis, an extremely veteran manager like uh, Terry Francona. Uh, this is a, this is a, stem, a similar situation that they've seen probably, uh, you know, countless times in their careers. Uh, so they, they know what 
how to get the best out of Noah Syndergaard if he's able to put in the work and 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 you know do the things necessary. Uh, they've they've had test cases like this before, so uh, it, it it can work out. Uh, and and Hoinsey busted out the four syllable words, uh, introspective. I, I like this. Uh, and we, we we finally get a character in that in that clubhouse as opposed to uh, you know the the rookies who were just sort of deer in the headlights uh, feeling their way around. Uh, this will be interesting uh, to to talk to the guy uh, after uh, after starts and 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 see you know what he's like and and what his routine is. Uh, should be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, I want to remind our uh, our listeners uh, right now, uh, subtext is the best way to get uh, as much uh, information as quickly as possible uh, from Hoinsey and myself uh, while we are on the road covering these uh, these games uh, in Chicago, in Houston this week. Uh, we'll, we'll get you uh, everything that we find out about Noah Syndergaard's start on Monday uh, right from uh, from the ballpark. On subtext, it's cleveland.com slash subtext, $3.99 a month to subscribe. Uh, but it's a, a great way to converse back and forth. You can text us. Uh, we can text you. And uh, when we find out something, we uh, we get it out to you as quickly as possible. Uh, send a text to uh, 216-208-4346, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get you signed up with subtext. We love uh, talking to our subtext subscribers and and the people that that use it, uh, they love it. They they love um, uh, conversing back and forth with us. All right, uh, Paul, what's uh, what do we we have ahead here um, in terms of who the uh, the pitching rotation is going to be for the the rest of the way out? I believe tonight's game is on uh, Apple TV, and uh, do we know who the uh, the starting pitchers are? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we. Uh... Uh, Xavier Curry's going to go for Cleveland, you know, and make his third start. And I'm assuming it's going to be another spot start, Joe. And, uh, our old buddy, Tukey Toussaint is, is going for the White Sox. Uh, you know, Toussaint, of course, uh, made a start for Tristan McKenzie in June, uh, when Tristan came down with the elbow problem against, uh, against Arizona and, uh, made the one start and then was DFA'd the next day. And uh, the White Sox picked him up, so we're going to see him again. Uh, we'll see him for the first time uh, in, a, in an opposing uniform. And then there's there's rumors that Mike uh, Mike uh, Clevenger could come back either Saturday or Sunday, come off the IL and pitch for uh, for uh, the White Sox. Of course, the White Sox traded uh, Lucas Giolito Wednesday night to uh, to uh, the, the Angels, and he was scheduled to uh, pitch uh, Friday night tonight. I mean, yeah, Friday night. So yeah, that that, that left uh, both teams with a TBA in the uh, in the pitching rotation. Uh, Curry Curry's done a nice job uh, filling in. Uh, he, he did have the uh, the one game uh, you know last week uh, or actually Sunday I, I believe was was his last start um, uh, in in a, a bullpen game uh, where he had a he blocked in a run in the first inning, but then uh, you know settled in and looked pretty good after that. Yeah, he's three and oh, two point eight seven ERA. Uh, he's throwing uh, 53 innings. You know, he's done a great job, Joe. The opposition's only hitting 233 against him. He's done a really good job in a, in a tough uh, in a tough role. And I wouldn't be surprised if you know they usually limit him to about three innings. Maybe they try to stretch him out a little bit uh, to, uh, tonight. Uh, Daniel Norris also uh, there, and is is he in the mix to to get a few innings as well? Yeah, I, I would definitely think so. Yes, uh, you know. He bring bring in Norris after uh, 
after, uh, you know, after uh, Curry, you know, a righty followed by a lefty, maybe, uh, you know, disrupt uh, Chicago's lineup a little bit. And as far as, uh, you know, the the division race right now, the uh, the twins were off yesterday. So the Guardians picked up a half game. They're a game and a half back, uh, you know, depending on how things go, uh, you know, tonight they could, uh, you know, cut that uh, deficit even more. Uh, what, what's the vibe? What's the feeling now? You, you said this was about the time that they, they took off last year. Uh, it, it, did you feel anything like that in the clubhouse uh, when, before the game yesterday? You know, I just got the impression just watching them play, you know, just watching them come out and jump all over Cease, who's a really good pitcher, you know, jump on him early, like we were talking about, you know, uh, Jimenez getting down that bunt single in the, in the third inning to, uh, you know, move Quan uh, along. I just got the feeling that they, were, they had kind of stepped up their game a little bit, Joe, that that they realized that this division still could be won. I mean, they're 50, 52 and 51. Uh, it's only the second time they've been above, above 500 since April 20th. But, Joe, and, and, you know, that's what happens when you lose four-fifths of your rotation. But mm-hmm. the fact that they're still here, you know, that, that should, you know, you still got a shot at this thing, you know, and uh, even with everything that's gone wrong, I think uh, I think that's kind of, you know, kind of kicked them in gear a little bit. I think what Tito told them, you know, was it was a good reminder. It was a good timing on his part. Trade deadline coming up on Tuesday at five o'clock, or I believe at six o'clock, maybe uh, something like that. Uh, and uh, Antonetti, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, they are not with the club in Chicago right now. Uh, but uh, you know, if something big happens, I know that they're they're planning uh, that they, they would plan to join uh, the, the team if they they do make a big trade. Uh, anything, any vibes, any uh, any you know insight as to to what the you know, plans could be, uh, are we still looking at, you know, maybe now that they've got a, an arm to, to supplement the, the rotation, do, do they start focusing on a bat now? Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about that, Joe. I think that's a, that's a good thought. Uh, you know, you know, they've, they, they've got, you know, okay. They've got, uh, they've got, uh, um, you know, Syndergaard now Quantrill should be coming back soon. Does that leave them? Does that give them ability to move a guy like Sabali? For a hitter, because I, I think that's the only way you're going to get a hitter, you know, a decent hitter on to add to this club. And if that if that's the case, Quantrill comes back, you know, Syndergaard is, you know, does it is OK, is serviceable. Um, you know, you could go forward with that rotation with, uh, you know, kind of Plesek, Battenfield and Gaddis in reserve. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing to me, an interesting scenario anyways, at least a theory. What do you think? It's a nice theory. Uh, I, I think if you're looking to, like you said, Savali uh, is your only uh, trade collateral at this point. He's he really is, unless you're you're planning on packaging uh, middle infield prospects, which you have a million of. And and really, the Dodgers were the only team that was desperate and looking for uh, you know middle infield help, uh, and and they wanted to go the veteran route. So uh, yeah, Savali is who could get you the biggest return. But uh, right now he's your lead dog. He's he's your best, uh, and and you can tell by the way that that Tito makes his lineups now. When Savali's on the mound, he puts his A lineup, his best defense, his best lineup uh, on the field because Savali is the guy that is the veteran who gives you the best chance to win. Uh, I, I I think you know Bybee and and Williams could could also uh, you know eventually grow into that, but. 
Uh, right now, the, the guy who gets the A lineup, the guy who gets the Shane Bieber treatment is, is Aaron Savali. Uh, and, you know, you've got to be careful about the message that you would send to the clubhouse uh, yeah. if you're, you're a game and a half away from uh, the division and you're trading, you know, your, your, basically your best pitcher that's, that's healthy. Yeah, and that that's uh, you know that that obviously a drawback to trading Savali, and I, I've got you know, and I just it 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 was a gamble. It, it doesn't seem like a move they would make, uh, especially with Quantrill. You know, he Quantrill's taking a longer time than uh, we thought. You know, he, he's still with the club. He hasn't gone out in a rehab. I didn't check with uh, Tito yesterday if he had thrown a bullpen, but he was out working out in the bullpen, so maybe he did get a bullpen session in, but. You know, they're being extra careful with him this time around. So we don't, we don't know what kind of Quantrill you'd get back, even if you did make a move with Savali. So, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe they, they go the uh, safer route, you know, kind of lean on Oscar Gonzalez as, as a, as a new kind of bat in the lineup and, and go from there. All right. That's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Monday uh, from Houston. Uh, to recap the weekend and uh, get you caught up ahead of the series with the Astros. Hoynesy, we'll talk to you then. Good deal, Joe.